Chapter 5 The roundel was large and round, with a fringe of arching branches. It was packed with clansfolk, all hushed and still, all staring in her direction. Yurov led her forward to the clearing's centre and walked her full circle to face them all in turn. Then he spoke in the high Yulkinta tongue, his voice ringing back through the trees. I present to you this day my chosen bride. The Lady Leona, formerly of Penlangoth in the Lakelands, now First Lady of Isle of Kintolin. And now you shall swear to her your vows of loyalty and obedience. As one, the folk knelt and duly recited. Leona, of course, couldn't understand a word. But Yurov had told her what he was going to say, what their reply would be. She gazed down upon the bowed heads, hoping that the welcome was sincere and not just empty ritual. More likely it was a bit of both, she told herself as Yurov's had been back in Penlangoth. After the ceremony, Yurov led her back in procession down the concourse to the sprawling collection of wide, low-rafted spaces that was to be her new home. No ordinary four-square walls here, the rooms were all shapes and sizes, crafted to fit among the mesh of giant tree limbs that cradled them. Leona paused before her outer doorway. If you please, it is a lake custom for the groom to carry his bride across her threshold. It is. Yurov made to gather her up in his arms, but after a glance behind to the watching folk, he straightened up. We are no longer in the lakes, Leona. It is time for you to learn new ways. Biting back her disappointment, Leona followed Yurov up and around the massive trunk to a second door at the top. Reaching that one, she paused, bracing her hand against the lintel to steady herself. All around, walls and rafters rocked and creaked with the trees sway like a lake boat on a choppy day. Yurov caught it, does the movement bother you? Oh, no, Leona reassured him. 
I find it soothing. But it will take me a while to find my sea legs. Hmm, was all he said. I tell you, children, if Eurof had caught Leona's modest joke, he clearly hadn't found it funny. He hurried her through the door, across a wide entrance hall, and along an aerial walkway into an airy chamber bright with late morning sun. This room was my mother's private bower, he said with pride. Now it's yours, if it please you. Leona gazed around the room, taking in the polished tables, the urns filled with fragrant flowers, and the armchair by the window. Yurov's mother must have spent hours up in this place, she thought. Had she actually died there? Leona dearly would have liked to ask, but given Yurov's new briskness, she did not. It pleases me well, my lord, she said. In the middle of the floor stood a tall shape draped in blue cloth. Your homecoming gift. Eurov snatched off the cloth with a flourish. I had it made especially for you. Leona's hands flew to her face. A harp. A golden harp. And she faulting her new husband's manner already. She walked around it, taking in the detail. The main post was capped with a tiny scandy bar atop waves that flowed around and down to the pedestal's foot. Gulls wheeled along the curving top, and fish swam the rolling waters at its base. Leona stroked the strings, and warm, rich sounds rolled around the chamber and out across the treetops. She turned to Yurov. Thank you. It is magnificent and perfectly in tune. That was Vala. Yurov looked pleased. She would have it right. Theona sat herself down. I would play one of the tunes you liked so well in Scandibar. Which would you hear, my lord? Yurov drew her to her feet. Later. We have much to do right now, he said, and ushered her back downstairs. There followed a whole week of nightly feasting with tables piled higher than at our harvest festival. Each night before the meal, clansfolk lined up to be presented. During the day, 
Yurov rode out with Lyanna, showing off his domain. And well he might. Such a wondrous place it was. The Yulkinta, having set the woods about with many strong spells to banish winter, the trees stayed live and green all year round. No ice, no snow, no storm or flood. Yet more wondrous still, some trees bloomed as though in early spring, and others bore the nuts and berries of the fall. Leona and Yurov settled down to wedded life, and for a while all went well. To tell the truth, Yurov relished pushing his new bride into his people's faces particularly those who'd questioned his choice. But love being new upon him, he also took pleasure in her company. So, if at times she felt homesick, it was not for long. Shame on her for fearing that Yurov had changed, Leona thought. Now that the fuss of her arrival had died down, everything was as it should be. And so it was, for a time. But as the novelty of wedded bliss wore off, Yurov fell back to hunting and trying out the justice seat leaving Leona up in her loft with the very ladies who'd vied for her place. They resented having to attend her, and they showed it. One day, they were so spiteful, accidentally tearing her gown and pinning up her hair tight enough to make her eyes water, that she sent them packing. Vala climbed the stairs to find Leona seated at the harp, hands folded, staring at the window. Have you seen my lord, Yurov? Leona crossed to the window and gazed out over the treetops. Like a great green lake, the forest seemed. A vast stretch of leafy waves flowing off towards the east. Not today. And not yesterday, nor the day before, Vala said, and added under her breath, Too much. Leona caught it. My lord presides in the Hall of Justice, she said, rising to Yurov's defence. He has to mind his duty. Indeed, Vala sounded unimpressed. Silence. Leona knew, they both knew, that the previous two days Yurov had been out hunting and feasting in the deep 
woods. But lonely and unhappy as she was, Leona was still not inclined to say one word against him, not to Viola, not even to herself. Viola sighed. You dismissed your ladies. Leona shrugged, still staring out. They hate me. They resent you. Viola moved to stand beside her. Leona rounded on her. It's all the same. They joke about the way I look, the way I dress. In the Lakeland gowns Nasida had given her as part of her dowry. They ridicule my speech, and in your kinter, knowing I can't understand as yet. When I have them repeat their insults, they make up something else, and say it slowly and loudly, as though I were deaf or a half-wit. Leona's voice rose. I won't suffer their company another day. Hmm. Vala thought a minute. This I can remedy. If you like, I'll stop by each afternoon and teach you the Yulkinta tongue. You will? Leona brightened up. Let's start at once. Thank you.